0: Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of ifixyoursciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you for listening. And if you are tuning in again, welcome back. And lastly, if you find today's episode or any of these episodes of this podcast to be helpful or insightful, please follow and rate this podcast on whatever platform you're using. The more followers and ratings we get, the more we can help people like you. And without further ado, let's get started. Throughout my journey as a podcast host, I was researching other guests that I can have on this podcast so then you listeners don't have to listen to me every single time. And I came across uh, this today's guest, and it turns out we have a lot of really cool mutual friends and interests in common, and she herself is an amazing person. And I thought it would be a great opportunity today to actually share with you her expertise and everything that I'm not an expert in and how we can work together. So today I have Alex Ellis of AE Wellness, and I'm super pumped to have you on. Thanks you so much for being on today's episode, Alex.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked.
0: For the listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what journey you went through to get to where you're at today?
1: Yeah, well, I'm a nerd, a huge nerd, a body nerd, if you will. Um, so I think that kind of frames it all. <laughs> and uh, as far as getting into mobility coaching, and I work primarily with people who have chronic pain and injuries, uh, because I, too, had chronic pain and injuries. Um, and seeing how so many different modalities can help to a point. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well, um, with other types of physical therapists. I know you think out of the box that are also a body nerd, um, but any modality, whether it's, you know, uh, personal trainers or even CrossFit coaches or, um, physical therapists, massage therapists, there are those who are very like, here's the book and how we should think. And then for most people, if you're trying to get back to your sport or trying to get back, um, to doing what, it is that you love the template stuff doesn't quite work so part of my journey has also been trying to just problem solve and troubleshoot my own body and trying to figure out why things didn't work for me um, but like many people it started with the back injury so i think for you too do you had sciatica in college i was like oh my god we are like separated at birth me too <laughs> um i tweaked my back i was working as a student athletic trainer at uc davis where i was getting my degree in exercise biology and um I mean, i'm like 20 so you're like oh just put some ice on it it'll be fine uh and it was like okay um and also like at the time i'm taking anatomy and physiology and biomechanics and like all of these things and i understand like injury care and all of that um but on my own body i was like oh i don't have time i don't have time like those of us who like care for other people we probably have Um, you would be surprised to know how poorly we usually take care of ourselves, I must admit. Um, so I started, I woke up, I don't know, maybe 10 days later and my foot hurt and I knew enough to know, like, I didn't do anything to injure my foot. This is sciatica. Oh no. So I got my butt to a physical therapist, had a somewhat lackluster experience because they were treating me like I was 90 years old. And at 20, I'm like, look, I want to, you know, ride my bike and, you know, go play soccer and like do all of these things and not have to worry that my body isn't going to be able to keep up or like get me there. And that just wasn't my experience. And I remember after like, you know, do your six sessions and the physical therapist was like, okay, so now just like work on core strength. And I was like, Okay. Uh, well, what does that mean? And I actually, one of my first jobs was working in a yoga studio um, and like helping them to get digitized and all of that. So I was like kind of peeking in the yoga room, but didn't actually take any yoga. And that conversation of you should do core strength, the first thing that came to mind was like, well, I think, I think they talk about that in yoga. So I started practicing yoga. I think I was going all I could afford as a college student was like once a week. But I lived in in a four bedroom house with five other women. So anything to get out of the house was like amazing. And that process of just like getting in touch with your body and learning how to listen to your body and just becoming... More curious about things that come up um, really just sparked my fascination. So, when I graduated from university with my degree in exercise biology, I wanted to start teaching yoga. So, I did my yoga teacher training. Um, and then I went to a yoga therapy conference, which is where I met Jill Miller of Yoga Tune Up, who introduced me to therapy balls. Um, and I knew, like, I still, it's like seared in my memory too. The first rollout we did, therapy balls were under my upper traps. And then I'm laying on the ground. She had us bridge our hips up. And right away, it was like all the way I could feel it up my neck and into my face. And I was like, I have no idea what is happening, but clearly I need more of this. <laughs> Um, So that started a relationship with Jill. I was working in a physical therapy clinic, teaching yoga. I met another woman in the physical therapy clinic. She was a co-owner who was also in the fitness industry. And so meeting at that time, like fresh out of college, two women who were running their own fitness companies, I didn't even realize that that could be an option. So lots of mentorship and help from each of them. I ended up going through all of the yoga tune-up trainings, um, and then on to teaching all of the yoga tune-up trainings and getting to travel the country and do that, which was phenomenal. Um, and actually through that relationship too, is how I got introduced to CrossFit and Kelly Starrett, um, he was doing an online course about I can't remember what it was called, but like how to maintain your body. Um, and everybody there was like super hardcore CrossFitters. And then there was me and. Even though I could physically do the positions in a way that, like, the person who only crossfitted couldn't, like, I had the hip flexibility, but there was still something lacking. Like, I still felt like my body was almost like fragile, for lack of a better word, where a certain movement would set something off and then I'd be like, oh shoot, well, I guess I just can't do that anymore. I just shouldn't, you know, work out for like the next two weeks or whatever it is. And so I started doing CrossFit and incorporating what I knew from yoga and incorporating what I took from yoga tune-up and just blending it all together, realizing that I'm hypermobile and too flexible. And that strength training really was the key to my body stability as a whole. And then kind of like walking out there into the world and realizing that there wasn't a lot of conversation about how to bring all of those pieces together. And so the people who were doing CrossFit or who were doing yoga and yet still struggling with injuries didn't really have a solution. So I started doing, um, you know, workshops and in my classes and things like that, um, and thankfully moved online back in 2012. Um, thank goodness so I had a lot of practice when we all moved online in 2020. Um, and. What it's morphed into is teaching other people how to do what I do for my own body and how to maintain your body in a way that doesn't require, um, you know, a degree in exercise biology or a license in physical therapy, but can be as simple as washing your face or brushing your teeth. So in a long nutshell, that is how I ended up here Um, and just so privileged too that I get to meet awesome people like yourself, but also people all around, honestly, the world who are seeking more solutions because they're not feeling good, you know?
0: We are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the Sciatica Protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day, and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. Now, having an on-demand physical therapist can cost thousands plus hours of sessions. But with the Sciatica Protocol, you'll receive the same, if not better, customized care completely free and why are we making this program free because i believe that everyone deserves to live free from pain without actually having cost be the biggest obstacle it is simple to start and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin the link for the program is in today's show notes what a cool journey and thank you so much for sharing that it's really cool to just learn how various different professionals get into their field and what ultimately drove them um, it went from I have this problem let me try to fix it myself to okay now I have this knowledge I want to share it with the world and I love that mm-hmm. and I remember thinking about okay well should I should I reach out to Alex because she, she seems really, awesome. And I would love to just learn more and just share our knowledge and nerd out. If um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, in, later in this episode. But Alex also has a, a podcast called The Body Nerd Podcast, which has a ton of really amazing information when it comes to managing yourself. And um, you brought up something really interesting. Uh, during that journey, um, this concept of like no time for like self-treatment or self-care. And I'll tell you that I'm actually really guilty of that myself. Um, Us professionals who are in the wellness, fitness, and even just like the pain management space, uh, I have to say we actually make the worst patients um, because of the fact that it's true, right? Um, In a way, it's like, I know if I tweak my shoulder, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm probably just gonna take like a few days. Actually, for me, the reason why I'm not a very good patient is because I just, just like every typical young man, I'm just like, I'm invincible. And so, like, whatever is <laughs> going to happen to me is like not that big of a deal. But um, yeah, it's interesting because it's this concept of time. Um, because when trying to take care of yourself, it does take a lot of time. And, uh, and one thing that often gets me is like seeing on Instagram being like, everyone has 24 hours in the day and you should do. X, Y, and Z work, wake up at 4.00 AM and do all that stuff. And I'll tell you what I look at. I'm like, man, waking up at 4.00 AM seems pretty tough. I, I like to sleep yeah. in a little bit. Like I'll wake up at 5.00 AM and that's pretty early to begin with. So, um, yeah, yeah so, uh, well, let's talk about also, yoga. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Well, I was gonna say too, of realizing, um, you know, we're not, we're not all coming to the table with the same 24 hours as well. Um, whether that's, you know, like a new baby in the house or you're working full time or you're working multiple jobs or whatever. And as a overachiever, um, like I'll do all the things that you tell me to do. And this is like all my clients as well, but like, just tell me what to do. But we get into the cycle of like, right, I'm doing everything. And then I get burned out in two weeks and then I do nothing. So the other piece of these puzzles is like, all right, what's the, like the lowest bar I can set for myself so that I can feel accomplished and like get that endorphin hit and check off the box for the day so that I can show up the next day. And while there are 5 million different things you can do for mobility, for body maintenance, for self-care, If you're not doing them, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So I also encourage people that like, how could you keep it simple? Like, what would this look like if it were easy? So even for you, if you're like, man, this shoulder thing comes up every once in a while. And I know there's like 9,000 things I could be doing, but like, what's one thing that I can commit to? Because then we get into the cycle of doing it and then it's a habit. And that's the hardest part is actually getting into that habit piece. But then whether you're traveling, or whether like you get sick or whatever, you take two weeks off, you're like, no big deal. I know exactly how to get back into this habit because it's as ingrained as brushing my teeth, walking my dog, like washing my face, like all of those things that we don't even have to think about anymore.
0: Habits are huge. And this is like, the, it's the easiest thing to fall back onto. And, um, and that's actually one of the big things that when I work with my patients, um, especially when I'm working with patients and clients, um, especially if we're dealing with pain, just trying to figure out like, what, what are their habits? What are they doing throughout the day that could actually attribute to the pain or discomfort or the tightness that they're feeling? Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I found to be very revolutionizing was actually having people take a little uh, do a little pain journal, being able to say, okay, mm-hmm. at this time, this is when your pain was the worst, like kind of walk me through what led up to this point. Um, but you're absolutely right. The concept of habits and consistency, I used to be one of those, I, used, I probably used to be one of the therapists that you saw when you started working at this, <laughs> like um, in the clinic or even just as a patient Yeah. where I was just like, okay, well, you have back pain. I'm going to give you 15 exercises. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you these 15 exercises. You're going to do it three times a week and you're here at the clinic, but then mm-hmm. also you're going to do those 15 exercises the other four days of the week that you're not here. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, I remember 90% of people come in and you're like, yeah, I didn't do any of those exercises. And (laughs) then it was just like, what is going on, um, Mm -hmm. with that? So the, the easiest thing, and that was actually my theme of 2022 for myself was how can I press the easy button on everything? And I'll tell you what, it's been really helpful. It brought, brought you to me, it brought me to you so we can, you know, (laughs) talk all about this. So, um, Let's talk about yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. I have done some yoga uh, in the past. I'm a pretty flexible person myself. My favorite yoga pose is Shavasana, um, the corpse (laughs) pose, which is laying down. I'm always the person who snores at the end of yoga (laughs) class. Um, What are some of the things that you love about yoga that you think that everyone can benefit from in that practice?
1: Mm. Well, I think I'm even like practice, right? Like a lot of people who practice yoga get into that habit and the rhythm of doing it consistently and just being able to be in that flow, so to speak. So I find that to be super helpful. And then also mindfulness. And I say this, I'm feeling a little bit like a hypocrite and an imposter because I'm not doing traditional meditation at the time or at this moment um but mindfulness is such an important piece of the puzzle whether or not you are experiencing pain but if you do have pain it's almost even more important um to do nothing is a luxury that not many of us have or even know how to incorporate um and it can be as simple too as like you know, again, I have a dog, we live in an apartment, I'm walking her, you know, three, four times a day, and going outside and not listening to a podcast, but just like being present and being in the moment. And when it comes to pain or sciatica as well, of that, uh, like, almost like non-attachment, they call it in yoga, and when you are in shavasana and not sleeping, um, of being able to let You know, ideas or thoughts or whatever come into your mind. And rather than getting stuck on them, just like letting them continue on. And the same with pain, right? How many times does something hurt? And then you go, no, it hurts. Oh my God, it's going to hurt forever. Oh, I should probably like stop doing this. And we just get like stuck in this spiral thinking about it. And so being able to just like, oh, my hip hurts now, my back hurts now. That's interesting. Like I see you, I notice you. And then being able to, like, let it go, which I know seems like super airy fairy, but honestly, like that in combination with a program, that's also allowing you to work on your tension and work on your strength gives you the full package.
0: That's a really cool way to present it. Um, I think like, as you were telling me this, I was thinking, Oh, the the big question that it had was like, do you, for you listeners out there, I want to. I want you to. I want you to kind of reflect on this question too. But do you feel like when you are in pain that it's that it is relatively easy to let go of those thoughts of like the moment you experience it? Um, if, if you're not seen on video, Alex is shaking her head no. Like, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I don't. I don't think it. Uh, yeah, but um, it's a it's a very important skill um, to have. Um, I. I also started getting into uh stoicism and like reading books about stoicism and being able to say like what are the things that you can control and it's like Mm -hmm. oftentimes the experiences what we feel we can't really control that but what we do with with, we can control how we act upon that and so being able Mm -hmm. to truly say okay i'm going to recognize this i'm going to let this go and um and you also brought up the concept of being able to say, like, let it go mentally, but also do something about it to actually address that issue. So um, in business ownership, they, they like it's kind of like uh, hiring staff. And when you're hiring a staff, it's like you're giving your you're passing the responsibility, but you're not just like forgetting about it. It's like, you have something, you need something to be solved. So you have these people who can work for you. And that's what Mm -hmm. people like me and Alex are there for. It's that you take us on so we can help solve this problem for you. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I love that concept, that mindset, the mindfulness, because you're absolutely right. I know for myself, it's really easy for me to jump from one thing to another thing. um, And even just perseverate. Like um, what I love about yoga is the concept of breathing and being able to focus on your breath. And I wouldn't say I'm a loud breather, but if I hold my breath, my wife can tell that I'm holding my breath. <laughs> and now that we've been together for years, she's like, are you working out working out a problem? Because when I perseverate and go deep into my own head, I hold my breath and yoga has taught me if I take a big breath in, I can work out those problems or I can address those problems at a later time with a much more clearer head.
1: okay, just breathe into your belly. And it's like, but like, what does that mean? Like, how does one actually do that? Which is what I love too about therapy balls, because one of the ones I really like is like an inflated playground ball. And to have an external tool to help you propriocept or sense what's happening in your body is so much more helpful than trying to like think it through, you know? So again, it's like, I can Think about things all I want, but if I can't actually feel them and having tools allows you not have to rely on a professional like yourself or, you know, me or a massage therapist, chiropractor, yoga teacher, whatever, not even to rely on that person to like do it for you, you know, um, but yeah, belly breathing. I mean, that's also like when I work with clients too, it's like, all right, like here's the ball, here's how you use it. So that when I cue you to engage your abdominals, like you actually have some context for what that actually means.
0: Yeah. So let's jump into yoga therapy balls. Um, so Like there's a, and I love the concept of external tools. There's a lot of tools that are out there. There's a lot of things that are marketed now where it's like, you take this tool and it's going to like make your pain go away. I recently got served an ad. I don't know what the name of this product was, but I was really blown away that people were creating this. It was pretty much (laughs) a, uh, it was like a canvas strap with, um, with like a wooden dowel at the end. So pretty much it like served the same purpose. If you were to just take, like they use like, Back in the physical therapy clinic, they had this green strap with loops Mm -hmm. and it's just like, Mm -hmm. you can pretty much do this, like use this strap, just like if you were to use like a towel and like wrap it around your foot and all that other stuff. So there's a lot of tools out there, yoga, tune-up balls, yoga therapy balls. Let's talk about those. What are they and how can people use them? We just talked about the, how can be used as an external cue? So I'm assuming that they also vary in, uh, Hardness, if that's a, if that's work, um, so yep. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, well, most people are familiar with foam rolling, and I think massage guns are definitely coming into like the general public, um, and they all fall into a category of self massage. So it's the same effect as if you were to massage someone, or again, you go to a massage therapist, chiropractor, whatever, but it allows you to do it to yourself in the comfort of your own home. Um, so I don't have to get in the car, drive somewhere, like get all lathered up with like lavender oil or like whatever I can address things as they come up and also get into a consistent routine. So I am undoing my desk job or undoing my workout before it leads to an injury or something like that. So. Um, The reason why I like um, yoga tuna balls in particular is that they are soft and squishy, and I think when it comes to massage, if you look at like rumble rollers, which are the foam rollers with like the knobs all over them, um, or even like the Theracane, which is that hard cane tool, we sort of feel like more is better. But as I got into more fascia research and learning about connective tissue and pain science, you start to realize that collagen is super strong, and there is no way that I can blast apart or break up anything in the body, which people are like, no, but I felt my knots change. Like, yes, you did. But what we're really creating is an opportunity for fluids to flow in and out, um, whether that's, you know, getting the inflammation out or bringing nutrients in, or just bringing hydration into this hyper localized point of inflammation and irritation. Um, So there's that. And then it's, I need to get my nervous system to trust that this is safe and okay. And If you think of, um, you're trying to think of like a metaphor for it, like a scared dog, I'm not going to be able to drag a scared dog and stuff them into a car like there's this, this trust this relationship you build that it's super similar with your own body as well. So People lacrosse balls. I'm sorry, I don't like lacrosse balls. I think they're way, way too hard, even for someone who knows what they're doing. Like I've used them before, um, and I totally overstretched. And you can do that with yoga, right? You can overstretch your hamstrings in yoga. Um, you could probably use the massage gun too much. You can definitely use a foam roller too much. Good things in more quantities aren't always better. So therapy balls give you a tool to really have that conversation with your nervous system, address tension in the connective tissue and muscles, not because you're forcing it into submission, but because you're creating an environment where relaxation can occur. And then the other thing they can do, especially for those of us who are in extra bendy bodies, um, proprioception or your body awareness is often something that I know I struggle with. And so the therapy balls are, again, they touch. It's as if I were working with a trainer and they say, Hey, I want you to drop your right shoulder. And then they tap your right shoulder. Then you're able to go, Oh, okay. I can feel it now. Or I want you to really engage your glutes on this next rep. Okay. Well, if I can use a therapy ball there and roll out my hips before I do that exercise, now my brain and body have that better connection to actually work more efficiently than they were. If I just like hopped out of my chair from work and like went straight to my workout. So definitely like the massage piece of it, the just tissue health. Um, but I think the big, like extra bonus that people aren't necessarily thinking about is that brain body, body awareness connection, because when you can move better and get into better positions, that's often when you're able to start to feel better as well.
0: I love that. Like the concept of, I mean, I think that the moment that self-massage or even just massage came in where we're always thinking this, this, the original school of thought was, okay, we're going to break up this scar tissue. Oh man, you have some like really intense knots. And the reality Mm -hmm. is that, um, for you listeners out there, I, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to try this, find this research article, but like really knots don't really, they don't really exist. Like your muscle fibers don't get entangled. Um, Your they don't get entangled. And oftentimes, um, the feedback loop is so so quick. So if you are rolling over a muscle, like you're gonna feel that bump because of the feedback mechanism throughout the nervous system. And so it's really, really great that, especially with yoga tuna balls to be able to say, okay, not only is it just from like a muscular standpoint where we're improving hydration, but also recognizing that collagen is really strong. I remember, uh, I'm gonna be very guilty of this, but when I was in physical therapy school, I rolled out my IT bands, Every single day. Mm -hmm. Did I have knee pain? I didn't, but I was just told that rolling out your IT band was like a good thing. And I would just sit there for two, three minutes every single session where I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. And then I would get up and I was like, oh, I think I feel a little bit better. And then there was an article saying that, like, to even just get a 1% stretch uh, in the collagen fibers of the IT band, it takes like 1,200 newtons of force. Like, that's a lot of force
1: to be able to do that.
0: So, then it actually got me asking, okay, well, what are those other mechanisms? And you were really taking all the words out of my head about the benefits (laughs) of self soft tissue mobilization. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, and I really love the fact that you, you do talk about the nervous system and for you folks out there, like when you're experiencing pain, there's a couple of different aspects of the entire pain cycle. We have the acute stage, which happens within the first 12 weeks um, after injury. And it's during that time where you're getting up ton of inflammation, your body's on guard. That's actually where there's true tissue damage. But the moment that we are beyond that 12 week mark, the reality is that whatever needs to be healed has already been healed. And so what that tells us is that our nervous system is still at some point of heightened sensitivity, and it needs a cue AKA via the yoga tuna balls to say Mm -hmm. it's okay. And either your system is upregulated, it's super sensitive. So the use of massage tools will calm it down or you need a little bit more activation and brings it back up. So, um, it's a lot of really cool tools. I haven't used yoga tuna balls. I've heard a lot about them. Um, and I am guilty, uh, of pushing pretty hard, Um, and nowadays I'm like, yeah, I actually don't need to push that hard anymore. Um, so I'm so glad Mm that you brought that up.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, also too, and I remember Kelly started in CrossFit, he had a video, um, I think he was like releasing his psoas with a kettlebell, like on a counter. And I was just like, Oh my God. I mean, especially as like women, there's a lot of organs between the front of my body and my psoas. And also I think we can just collectively ask a better question, right? Not like is the hardest tool going to release my psoas, but like, why is my psoas tight in the first place? And that's where, you know, it's like position and posture and breathing. Like, is it a protective thing? Like it's so, many, like, there's so many layers that it could be, but I feel like our traditional medical model is very focused on the specialties, right? And not and then those specialties don't always talk to one another. And even within one, like physical therapy with um, insurance billing, right? You go in because you have knee pain. So they're going to look at your knee because that's all insurance is going to pay for, even if there's something else going on. So we can just zoom out, get a whole body idea of what's going on, and then also provide you with tools so that you can manage a lot of it on your own. The next time you go see your care provider, you've already worked out that upper back tension from sitting at your desk all day. Day. so they don't have to do the same thing they do every other session. So it really makes it more like collaborative as well with all the people that you're working with.
0: Huge. Collaboration is probably, I mean, obviously in addition to having like a very competent person that you're working with, but collaboration yeah. is really key <laughs> because as people get really good at what they do, that means that there are other pieces that are missing. And it's very important mm-hmm. for a professional to recognize that whatever they're seeing is not within their wheelhouse, so they can refer out to the right person. And I often think that it could be a um, it could be a byproduct of people's egos that that make them hesitant to refer out. But then also, I think it's a, a misunderstanding of what another professional does. Mm. Um, and so, being very clear in regards to having a good consistent and clear network of professionals that would actually be helpful. Um if what I we often recommend is like if it's not me when you're work trying to find a professional to work with, try to see if they belong to another network or have relationships with other professionals because again as someone becomes even more good at what they do, there's other components to the human body that they might be missing. And I know that for myself, I'm not someone like my, my, my understanding of yoga is very limited. So I'll get you to a point where you can bend forward and touch your toes without pain. But if you want to do downward facing dog and an inverse and all that other stuff mm-hmm. that a yoga practitioner is, is really key. Um, so so you, you got involved with, uh, the yoga practice, which is so great. And then you were able to notice that when you went to CrossFit, you were getting able to get in all these positions that like other people couldn't, um,
1: yeah.
0: for me, I was very lucky. I was a pretty flexible person with my background in swimming. And then also what, just what I find, um, just being Asian and ethnicity, like we have a little bit more flexibility, especially in our hip joints compared to other folks. Um, and I realized for me, I was able to get into positions like everyone else, but I would also, I, I, I consider myself a weakling. And so I was like, Oh, I got to get strong. And that's what got me mm-hmm. into CrossFit and lifting weights. Um, you have a really cool background in kettlebell training. And so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about what, Like, what was that shift like and what you love about kettlebells?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, strength training just as a whole – a whole thing. Um, I'm five one, so I'm a small, i small person. And there is nothing like I still remember the first workout, the CrossFit workout I did, walking out of that gym. And I think like we did stuff with kettlebells and some pull-ups. And I was like, I am unstoppable. <laughs> like it makes you feel so capable and powerful to know that like I can pick up heavy stuff and put it back down, you know, because in life. That bag that comes from Chewy weighs like 30 pounds, and I need to be able to pick that up, too. So might as well practice how to lift heavy things in an arena that is really focused on form and how to do it well. Um, so I had the opportunity to do a kettlebell training um, through the gym that I was teaching at, and I just honestly wanted to deepen my own understanding of it and learn more about the like mechanics and just the basic foundational pieces, because then I knew I could like be creative on top of that. Um, And so that's why I did that training. And then most or not most, but many of the clients who are in my membership movement mavens also have kettlebells. So when we do our workouts, we're just incorporating kettlebells and things into it as well, because they're so versatile. Like you can hold it from the bottom. You can hold it upside down. You can hold it from the horn, you can swing it. You can use it upside, like so many different ways that really focus on core stability and joint stability as well. So I find it just, to be if you have a small workout space or you are limited in the tools that you have having kettlebells gives you so many more options on ways that you can continue to strengthen your body. So in my garage I have um you know like a lighter weight kettlebell I have a heavier kettlebell and then I have a pair of dumbbells that are more on the heavy end. Um and like that's it then you like you don't need a full dumbbell rack or like a full set of kettlebells or anything like that to be able to get a really good workout that involves cardiovascular elements as well. Um, and also like it just looks really badass when you swing a kettlebell <laughs> around. That was a really good selling point for me.
0: <laughs> I love kettlebells. I um I bought a whole bunch when I moved out to California um just because the nearest gym to us in California was like a 30 minute drive and I'm coming from Hoboken, New Jersey where I literally walked across the street for my gym. And so we ended You're up buying and luckily we bought them right before the world shut down and I used kettlebells for like such a long period of time. And and you're absolutely right. It takes up such a small area of space, um, which means that you can fit a whole bunch, but yeah, they're Mm -hmm. so versatile. And, um, what I also really love about it is that, um, if you are battling with some flexibility issues, the way that the kettlebell is actually constructed actually can help, uh, accommodate for those restrictions as well. So, um, for you listeners out there, uh, an example would be like if, like for overhead pressing. Ultimately, when we're pressing overhead, we want to try to create a straight line between our hand, our shoulder, and the rest of our body. And the thing is the fact that for most of us, uh, if you are desk bound, that ability to reach your hand straight up overhead is actually quite limited. And so if you're trying to hold on to a dumbbell or a barbell, the way that that weight is shaped, it's gonna put a lot of stress on your shoulder. However, with the way Mm. the kettlebell is shaped, they actually can accommodate for that range of motion. And in fact, it's much better for those folks who are even uh, not as flexible. And you're absolutely right, there's a whole bunch like there's a whole cardio and core component as well, which, um, yeah, it's probably one of the most powerful tools when it comes to the building strength in the the fitness world, which I love. Um, you Mm -hmm. talked about, you brought up the, uh, the movement maven. So I, I didn't get a chance, um, to ask you on this episode, but can you tell the audience, um, the types of clients that you work with, um, and, and how you, and how you help them?
1: yeah well i create customized mobility workout plans for people with chronic pain and injuries Um, and i do that a number of ways one being a mobility assessment where people send me videos we have a conversation i look at how they're moving and then create a workout plan um, with videos in my video library that supports that Um, and then for those who want ongoing support and they want to nerd out and they want to learn more anatomy and do live workouts and things like that i have my membership movement mavens which is um women who love to move better and feel better and are committed to kind of figuring it out and being a body detective um and then I also do you know private coaching for people who need that high touch support if you have a more complicated program or you also just know that you are the type of person who wants to have a call every week to keep you accountable um and then I also have like a number of programs too if you just want to like dip a toe or get a full body plan that you do on your own that's not necessarily customized um all all different ways so and all of that too is on my website aewellness.com um, but honestly like being able to create a plan for someone. Um, and also by the time people come to me, they've already done physical therapy, probably a few rounds. They've already you know, tried all of the other things. And so they're really motivated to do their homework, um, which it makes it so rewarding because then like we're talking about habits as well, like, it doesn't work if you don't do it. And so making it as simple as possible so there's a clear path on what to focus on and then also like what comes next has been super super rewarding for both myself because people actually do it and then for them because they have good results on the back end of that.
0: That's so cool. You're really that that next step um for, for you listeners out there, you probably have gone through physical therapy multiple times and you're listening to this podcast because of a couple of different things. Either your insurance benefit ran out and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're, your physical therapist was like, okay, I can't really do much for you anymore. Um, or um, interestingly enough, most insurances will actually discharge you when you're experiencing pain of three out of 10 or less because to oh, them, wow. insurance companies say if you're three out of 10 pain or less, you are functional. And it, what's tough is especially because if you're working with a physical therapist who like has to di- build directly to insurance that's how they get paid and if mm-hmm. they're not going to get reimbursed it makes it really challenging and ultimately i yeah. um, both both Alex and I share a lot of the same frustrations when it comes to the medical industry like ultimately mm-hmm. in medicine you're, you're technically penalized it's bad business if you're really good at your job because you are no longer a patient but the reality is yeah. that even though you, your pain is quote unquote functional. um, There's still a lot of things that you can do and you have the power, you have the capability. And if you want to get a specific activity done, or if you want to accomplish like various different things, there are people like Alex, like me, there are people out there that say, you can, you can do Mm -hmm. everything you want to do, especially if it's like from a physical standpoint and people like Alex with their resources and their knowledge can actually help bridge that gap from, okay, well, I'm done with this medicine aspect. What do I do to, okay. Well, that period of pain that I was in was just a small blip on the radar and look at all the things that I can do right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I was researching for uh, future guests, I came across Alex's website and I was like, wow this is really great. We're riding the same boat together and there's definitely a lot of things that I can learn. And I mean, I learned a lot today. Um, and it was also really great to hear that we share the same viewpoints and also a lot of the same, uh, even just understanding the science, like very similarities, especially when it comes to the nervous system. And, um, yeah, I foresee us recording another episode in the future talking (laughs) about a whole bunch of other things, but, um, i'm so pumped alex thank you so much for being on today's episode um, can you tell the listeners and get uh, listeners again what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And also, I know something that we definitely agree on is that life without pain is totally possible. And I think that this idea that as we get older, there's just a certain amount of pain and discomfort we have to put up with is nonsense. And like you said, there are people out there who can help you with that, even if you feel like, well, I've tried everything else and it hasn't been working. Like our bodies are so amazing and resilient and capable of healing. And sometimes it's just about like changing up the soil or something, you know, like small changes can have really, really big impact. So grateful too for the work that you do. Um, because yeah, like more people need to know. Like you can feel awesome, you can continue to work out and do whatever you want. And yes, it's different. Like at 34, it's not like it was when I was 20, but I still don't have to worry about my body or pain or injuries because I know what to do when it comes up. So uh best place to find me is definitely my website, aewellness.com. Um, I also really like to hang out on TikTok. I'm also AE Wellness there. Um, and then Instagram. I'm at Hala for which is like a whole nother story that's not related, but you can also just search my name and I should come up.
0: <laughs> awesome. We will have all of her contact info in the show notes. Um she also has a podcast. Can you tell us a little bit oh, more about it? Yes.
1: Yeah. The body nerd show. Thank you. <laughs> I totally forgot. Um, yeah. So it's a weekly show. Um, um, Ashley has been on it. We're talking about sciatica, which was super awesome. Thanks for joining. And we're going to talk again about pain science. So if you want to come learn more, come on over. Um, and I do a lot of like, I talk to guests, but also I do short episodes, usually about 20 minutes long on specific things, like whether it's bunions or knee pain, um, or, uh, breathing or gut massage, like whatever it is, um, short episodes with Actionable tips so that you can do something right away so you can start feeling better.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at iFixYourSciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain free day. No patient therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com or just stop by. Granger.